Hi, my name is Vasta Eriksson. My business is Signature Staff and we are a recruitment and labour hire company located in Cairns, Far North Queensland. We do not discriminate against people and that is due to the Privacy Act, which we do not require having anyone uh, show us their medical status. And this is my story. Welcome to Fair Go, your favourite podcast about building a better tomorrow. A podcast by the people, for the people, where we share small business stories from the business owners themselves. When you encounter unfair obstacles that are too hard to overcome on your own, remember, you don't have to do it alone. Together, we can rebuild our great Southland and make Australia proud again. Join us today at fairbusinessaustralia.com.au. Well, welcome to Fair Go, a podcast by the people, for the people. I have with me today Vlasta, a business owner. We're going to ask her a little bit about her COVID journey, what she sees as being a good Australia on the other side of everything that we're going through, and any suggestions, tips, tricks that she might have for people who are listening or watching this podcast today. So Vlasta, welcome. Great to have you on the show. Oh, well, thank you very much. Yeah. So tell us a bit about your business. So, you know, who are you? What have you done? What's your history? Right. Okay. So my business is called Signature Staff. We're a recruitment and a labour hire company. And uh, my specialty is within the hospitality and tourism industry. So supplying. And uh, we are in Cairns, far north Queensland. Wow. There is so much in that sentence that you just said. So your recruitment for hospitality in far north Queensland, there's just so many minefields right there. So let, let's let's pick the um, hospitality side of things. Mm. How how has COVID's lockdowns probably devastated your business right now? Oh, uh, when the um, we did really well at the beginning of the of this year, um, so we did quite well. And then as soon as the Victorian, well, Victorian closing down every five seconds, really border. But when the uh, New South Wales borders closed down, I think it was in July. That basically devastated my, my business. We have dropped like probably about 70% of our revenue. Yeah, we've gone from you know, having having orders of about 30 to you know 50 staff per day um, to basically like maybe 10 staff. And that was not within the hospitality industry, that was within the aged care and other industries. Wow. Basically just wiped, wiped our whole roster. You know, right now I've got, um, we've got probably about 150 people on our Ooh. roster right now. And um, and obviously with these mandates, it's actually yes. crazy. Um, so it's just been really, really difficult to actually um, uh, supply staff. So there is a huge shortages of staff and there is obviously whole, whole shortages of staff uh, not I mean, chefs always been a shortage of chefs everywhere. In you know, that's always happened. But now it's just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, we've got probably about um, you know probably about forty orders that I cannot fill. Forty. Forty shifts a day that we cannot fill. And so, what does what does that mean for the business owners themselves who are coming to you as a recruitment agency? How are they going to manage that? Well, um, that's why you've had a, probably most of the restaurants. Um, there was a big write-up in Cairns Post, I think. Um, but everyone is closing down. We've got most of the pubs, like the P Tavern. You've got PJ O'Brien's, Rattle and Hum, which are big, you know, venues. 
they all closed down due to obviously not having the staff um, that because of the uh, contract tracing. So everyone is like crazy going out there testing themselves, you know, and there is no, uh, the rat, tres, uh, rat tests are not available. So you've got the PCR test that you have to wait up to about three days before you get your test right. Now they're telling everyone, um, so a lot of restaurants, not only that they've lost staff because of the contact tracing, mm. but they basically haven't got the staff that haven't, you know, haven't got, um, yeah, decided not to get the vaccination. So I've got, I mean, I have got some staff that are vaccinated. Um, well, I don't know if you want to call it a vaccination or not. Well, it was <laughs> vaccination. It's it's now under vaccinated because you have to get a booster now to be fully vaccinated. But anyway. Yeah, so, um, yeah. So the CV injections, that's what I would probably refer to it more like it. Mm. Um, so, and we do have got obviously some staff that don't. Okay. So yeah. it's really quite interesting to find out that the kitchen staff and the you know, front of house staff, like food and beverage attendants, um, reception and all of those sort of people are required to have um, the vaccinations, but, um, but the housekeeping staff is uh, the cleaners and all that. I am able to actually provide staff uh, that are, that are not um, double. Huh. And why do you think that is? Is it because they? It's some sort of a loop that is the cleaners can can work without it. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's um, interesting. It's, <laughs> it's a very clever virus. COVID knows who to well, infect. It is. Who, it is. Who it can't. Just, Maybe it's because they're spraying cleaning stuff all the time. They just think that, that they'll be so issue. clean that it can't. <laughs> so um, there is obviously um, some hotels that will uh, not accept even the cleaners because of their own policies. Um, but yeah, right. that's it. But um, with um, about 150 to 170 staff that we actually currently have wow. on our roster, um, I would say that, um, you know, like probably 60% of those have received the um, COVID injection, double dose. Wow. Um, yeah. And there is probably 40% that haven't. And um, yeah, and a lot of them are, you know, like when we try to get them organized to actually pick up a shift so they can't because they, they've flat made tested positive or, you know, been in contract tracing. So they have to stay and, you know, test positive and it's just going crazy. And I was speaking to one of my staff members today, actually, because I've asked her if she can send me through the report that she got tested. And she said, well, I haven't got a, re a report. I've only just received the text that I am positive. And I'm like, okay, well, can you ask if you can get the report to actually say, what have you tested positive for? And if you've used the PCR test, is how, how many cycles have they have actually used to identify that you ha have actually are positive? Yeah, and yeah. she said um, she hasn't been able to get it. <laughs> So I'm just wondering, like, is it, yeah, is it everyone like that? It's like, should we actually ask people to turn around and demand their reports? I just don't even know. The whole <laughs> thing is so weird. Even with, you know, Omicron, it's so deadly that you might not even know you've got it. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? If, what's asymptomatic? What does that mean? Oh, I'm asymptomatic for you know, polio, or I'm asymptomatic for smallpox. What does that mean? You don't have it, right? No, no, I've got it. I just can't tell. And neither can anyone else until they apparently get it as well. 
oh, I, honestly, oh I, it's just a crazy world. But what I really like the PCR test, as you probably know, it's it's um, the more cycles you do, the more useless the actual test is. I mean, and they know that they can't differentiate between a common cold, flu, or or any ver variant so yeah. of it. So the PCR test is also being cancelled in America as of the 31st of December anyway. So, really? Uh, yeah. I didn't know that. That's very um, interesting. So, okay. yeah, it's not reliable test. So yeah. I'm not quite sure why we're actually pushing for so many tests Yeah. Um, right now. Maybe they just need to get rid of the ones that they bought, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> probably what it is and they're so expensive as well I've heard and I've never seen a, a you know a price tag myself but I've heard that they're around $200 or $120 a pop or something like that I know that was a big gap 200 and 120 but at least that they're over $100 a pop that's a lot of money going down the drain especially if you've got these double negative not we can't actually trust whether you do or not like mm, it's not mm. great no, it's not. I've also um, supplied um, staff to aged care and, and people like that, so carers as well as some, um, you know, cleaning staff. And uh, and they've been, um, they actually have got, there is a couple of aged care and residential care that they have got in the health order a skill shortages uh, yeah. exemption. So I'm trying to obviously let my clients know that, hey, we can provide you with um, with the staff because I have got few uh, people that obviously had, did not decide that was stood down. Okay. Did not. Right. And um, yeah, so we're trying to do that. So far we haven't been, um, we've been successful with a couple of properties that they decided yep. that they're going to utilize the exemptions. Yep. Um, and now that the rapid, um, well, rapid antigen test, which is red test. Yep. Um, that um, is now available, but we can't get it now, you know, anyway, because it's been all sold out. Wow. So that's crazy. Um, so I do supply. I have also interviewed a lot of um, lot of people that are against the mandates in that industry specifically. Right. And um, what I am trying to do is obviously reverse market those candidates. So I'm just doing like videos uh, with them and actually putting them up there and seeing whether people would like to take them on um, under those exemptions. Yeah, right. Um, so doing that and also um, trying to get a, um, some of them be kind enough to actually give, give some information in what they think of the mandates, yep. how they affected them yep. uh, personally, and if they've seen any adverse reactions and things like that. And um, I got a lot of um, probably about, six or seven uh, people that basically given me some information. So what's happening mm -hmm. in the industry and um, yeah, and it's quite disturbing. Uh, one of the candidates said that, um, you know, like the doctors line up uh, because they get money for each injection. Um, and she, she wasn't quite sure how much it is, but the first one is close to about $100. Okay, so you get paid. Wow. The second one is a little bit less than that. Wow. And, they, um, and the doctors apparently try to line up for, for those days and they take five minutes to inject, five minutes to actually spend time. So basically 30, well, is it 12, 12 people each hour at 100 bucks each. Wow. 
hundred dollars each. Um, yeah. for, that's for the for the doctor. Well, if that's true, that's not great. <laughs> and I do know um, a doctor that I have seen in the past. Uh, she's actually closed her practice because she was told that she couldn't even um, she couldn't even do telehealth unless she was vaccinated. What? Yep. So she closed her practice, and that's firsthand because I was called up and told if you want to see the doctor, you've got to come before the seventeenth because after the seventeenth, we can't even do telehealth. Wow. Yep. And a lot of doctors are being threatened with deregistration if they speak out as well. So there's this financial incentive or financial punishment, which I think is very, very interesting. Very, very mm. interesting. I mean, I, I can't verify if what you're saying about the hundred dollars yep. is true, but if that is true, that's terrible. Well, I mean, she couldn't confirm it. She said, look, it's somewhere, you know, like I've heard different, you know, 50 bucks all the way through to hundred bucks to mm. even 120 from different people what the number is by definitely getting they're getting paid yeah uh, for, for obviously administering the actual mm. uh, vaccination so there is financial incentive to do that but how can you actually have um, do informed consent in five minutes Rebecca and that's a very good point that's a very very good point yeah yep, yep. and I mean um all of my staff uh, so far, like most of them that actually go out and, and get the injection, um, get the injection, um, are sick for usually two to two a week, right? They drop out in shifts. They say, um, yeah, I'm sick. Um, when I ask them why you're getting it, they say, well, I, I'm not going to get work. So most people that are actually getting it is not because of, you know, they are getting it because they're scared of obviously putting food in, on the table. Um, I had one staff member at one one day we had six people booked in for a for a function mm. um, and five of them has called in six four of them was due because of the vaccine <laughs> so how, 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 how are you actually keeping your head above the above water the fact that you've lost so many staff and continue to lose staff for various reasons whether that be you know having an adverse reaction to the jab or whatever that looks like how are you keeping your head above water oh we're still busy you know what i mean so we're still doing it but and i'm also doing permanent recruitment so you know like we, right. we've got other streams of income okay yeah but i certainly could be a hell of a lot busier in um well, we are quite busy in the hospitality because people are asking for staff, but we haven't been, you know, we probably have about maybe 40, 50 staff out each day as it is right now, you know. Wow. But, um, it's, um, you know, I could have 120 really, you know, if, uh, if I could have find them. You know, I've got one of our staff members can't work at all because he had, um, he had, had um, stroke from the vaccine. Uh, another staff yeah. member had to go to the hospital uh, and had an operation because of blood clots. Um, and they all, both of them told, uh, were told that it's got nothing to do with the vaccine. Mm. Um, so it's, it's really concerning. So people are yeah. getting it because they've been coerced into it. They yeah. are not getting informed consent. Yeah. Um, and as a matter of fact, right now, we've got so many people sick right and in cans yeah um and at home and most of the people that actually have got um flu-like symptoms um and test positive are the ones that actually have received the received the um 
vaccine. Wow. <laughs> so wow. So I, I don't know. I don't know where we're going to go um, from. Yeah, from here. Do you see? Do you see light at the end of the tunnel, or or are you more of a glass half empty person? Where you think? I no, no, no. I keep on fighting. I'm, I'm one of yep. those people that obviously will be fighting and will be yep. working and trying to find out how we can actually have exemptions and for people that basically you know can work. Yeah. Um, and obviously, um, quite engaged with the the freedom movement here in Cairns anyway. Um, so I've been to every rally um, and talks with a lot of different people, awesome. uh, guys that um, are part of um, Australia One, guys that are part of RDA, um, also the Common Law Assembly in Cairns. So just right. trying to be in, involved with all of those things. But also what we are facing right now is just how do we navigate through all of this and actually giving the pushback you know like um, mm. and showing the other employers and say look you can have a look at your exemptions you know you don't have that in hospitality and tourism when you read the um health orders uh for businesses uh, but um you obviously have got them in other industries so you should be able to utilize those exemptions absolutely and uh and so what, what would that look like, boots on the ground, if those exemptions were to be utilised in the hospitality industry? Oh, that would be just absolutely amazing. There are so many people that are available but do not take, do not want to take, be part, you know, participation, participants of a medical experiment and that's what it is, mm. you know. Um, so, but there are people that could work, yeah, and we could fill most of those shifts like, oh, food and beverage shifts, as well as some of the chef shifts we could do with people that basically are unvaxxed and could work right now. Mm. Mm. Wow. So it's, um, it's not great right now, but we are going to continue to push back as a community and eventually we will get to the other side of all this. And what does Australia look like when we are on the other side of all this? What is your vision for that? Oh, vision for Australia is, um, yeah, um, <laughs> a total change of the political um, space, basically. Yeah, our government has got far too much overreach of our normal lives. Yes. Uh, and also the change of and how we actually, you know, the medical industry, the big pharma is just taking over, over our lives as well. I think we should be able to be as Australians to be able to have a freedom of speech, that's <laughs> another thing, <laughs> be able to choose what we want to put into our into our body. And um, yeah, the propaganda that's happening through the you know government, it's just ridiculous. And there has to be a lot more monitoring in what the government is doing and how are they deriving to all of these decisions that we need mm. to follow up and they're not yeah. actually so a lot more transparency from from the government um, and yeah and and stop these mandates that's it yes yeah yeah and will you be voting for the majors in the federal election oh i haven't voted for the majors for a long time but definitely not actually mm. thinking about involving myself in the political world really and yeah. you would be the fifth person that i have personally spoken to that would be doing that then yeah and they're all small business owners 
Mm. which is really, really powerful. I think that this federal election is going to be entirely interesting. I really do. Yeah, yeah, I hope so too. Yeah. Mm. Oh, well, I think it will be definitely interesting. I mean, there are, like, obviously, uh, One Nation polling. I think they're doing some good work. Um, the Great Australian Party is doing some great work as well. Um, obviously, um, the uh, United Australian One Party with Greg, Craig Kelly is doing some great work. Um, you know, Australia One, Ricardo Bossi is also doing some great work, you know. So, yeah, there are a lot of um, different, um, definitely not Labor, Liberal, Nationals or Greens, because we all know they all work together anyway. So, mm. they're not, there is no... Yeah. Um, yeah, it would be so great. I wish I wish that the minor parties would all actually conglomerate into one party. I think that would be amazing. We'd have an entire cabinet. You know, we could have Ricardo as the Minister for Defence. I mean, he's such a gun. He's a great guy. And, you know, Craig and Pauline and all, all these other people that really know their way around. But it definitely needs to step away from, from the majors. It absolutely yeah. does. But if we have hung government, then that's fine. If we've got other senators, then that means that the major parties haven't got a say. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So yeah. will you stay in the recruitment space long-term? Oh, this is my business for 25 years, Rebecca. So oh, wow. I'm certainly not, um, not about to fall down, okay? Yep. I obviously need to uh, ensure that I've got replacement for me in the business, but I'm certainly not going to be giving my business up, I still be, you know, um, invested in into this as well. Mm. I still need to work out how that's all going to work, work but mm. uh, it's, um, yeah, interesting. Mm. So, yeah, life is, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm positive. I'm one of those people that is positive, um, but I think that we need to see more pushback from the businesses and, yes. and actually saying that, well, that's not good enough. I think that a lot of a lot of business owners, a lot of people are afraid of authority and actually questioning. Yes. And, um, and, and actually standing up saying, hang on a minute, you know, like I've, I've obviously talked to a lot of business owners because obviously supply the staff and I, and I just ask and I said, well, why aren't you questioning the government with these mandates? I mean, they're not law. Yes. They are orders, you know, um, they are directives, they are orders, they are. Yes. Uh, so, and so I, why aren't you actually questioning it, you know? Yes. Why are yes. you pushing, pushing the narrative? Yes. You know, um, and they, I, I don't think they had, they're scared. And you know what is really, really disappointing? It's the associations that has let us down, like the TTSU, yes. The um, chambers, the um, associations, like you know, obviously the um, unions and things like that. You know, they they sold sold them out, sold us out, most of the industry. Yeah. And um, and, you know, like I was on a, which <laughs> is really funny. I'm a part of a TTNQ member, um, so I went on to one of the. Um, when the mandates were coming in, so I wanted to go to one of the Zoom. You know what? They were not discussing about the mandates, whether they're lawful or not that. They're basically giving you directions in how you need to comply. That's astonishing. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going, well, hang on a minute, but 
shouldn't we actually discuss why do we have actually this mandate? And did you, did you actually say that? Uh, yeah, I asked. Yeah. And what was the response? Didn't respond. Wow. You couldn't speak. You couldn't uh, unmute yourself. Um, you basically were, uh, you couldn't be um, like video. Your video was stopped. You had to be muted. You could write your questions out there, but nobody responded to it. <gasps> wow. Um, yeah, it was absolutely disgusting. I was just like, I didn't end up finishing it. Maybe they've answered it at the end, but I had to actually go out. But I was so wow. devastated. Had a person that basically was explaining to you how the app works. Oh, wow. And they had a um, um, the chief, um, chief police officer or something. Yeah. Yeah, there was somebody high up in, in police saying that how are they going to monitor it and how what they have to do. Um, and then you had the chief of TT um, Tourism Australia or is it yeah. Tourism Queensland or something like that. And right. basically just, yeah, this is how you need to comply. This is what you need to do. And there is no other way but do it. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> And this is this is the issue is that the conversation moves from that to this is how we're going to roll it out, not should we? Okay, yeah, but but should we be doing that? I, I, okay, but but is that the right thing to do? That that has been completely cut out of of the conversation. Yeah, no, yeah, there is no conversation about. It. It's like yeah, wow, it's, it's just like, and I think that's where the problem is because you see you've got a lot of people in. Cans that are actually part of, uh, they are members of TT and Q. Yeah. And they just basically following what they're telling them. Wow. And this is this is why we have to individually be the change. We can't wait to have a government that is rock solid in power before Australia starts to recover what has already been lost. We have to personally be the change. And this is why small business is so important mm. because we actually do hold the balance of power. Mm. We employ 97% of the country's population. And that's yeah. why we must stand up as business owners and step mm. into our rights and into our power. Yeah. Have to. Yeah. yeah. But so... Anyway. So do you, do you have any, I mean, you've been in business for a long time now, you've been successful up until COVID and you're still doing what you can despite, you know, having your hands tied to a certain degree. Do you have any suggestions, tips, tricks for anybody that's listening to this podcast as to how they can move forward as a business owner during these times? Um, inform yourself, you know, like find out what your laws are and, you know, like obviously you don't want to break any laws. Uh, but certainly find out, you know, like what are the, you know, read those directions, you know what I mean? Are there any exemptions that you can employ staff? All right. Have those conversations with and, and ring up the Queensland Health Department to um, explain, you know, to give point you to the right directions, because there are things you can do and you can probably employ um, staff, but you just need to know how to do that, you know? Yeah. Um, and not to be afraid of actually asking those questions. Yeah. Don't just take everything how the government tells you, but question it, mm. you know, and stand up, you know, because these mandates are not lawful. Now, I would right. go as far as criminal, actually. Like, how can you push a 
vaccine or a injection that is provisionally approved yes not approved yes on the whole population yep and that I provisionally mean, approved is on the queensland website it's actually government website you can read it for yourself how, how can you make it mandates anything that is provisionally approved i don't know it's a strange world we live in i really don't understand why this is happening and then but here we are yeah <laughs> i think we just need to get up and yeah and um speak up absolutely yes. so if uh if someone is looking to be recruited or looking to recruit uh where can they find you um, so www.signaturestaff.com.au, of course. Um, if we've got we've got our job seekers tab, so find a job and have a look at the jobs that we're actually providing. We do not discriminate. I will definitely be speaking to people whether they have received the injections or not. Okay, um, certainly don't discriminate, and actually I've got an interest in getting people. Uh, that have uh, been stood down and all that, to especially to have a conversations with them, because right. I'm trying to do something uh, with those candidates. Yes. Um, and um, but you can also obviously four zero five zero three eight double eight, so three triple eight. Um, that's 07, obviously Queensland. Um, you can give us a call and have a conversation with us, or um, send your email. Um, resume to info at signaturestaff.com.au awesome well, i look forward to hearing good news from signature staff um, that you are back up to capacity yeah. and that you're now working with hotels and hospitality venues and aged care venues that are no longer requiring staff to be jabbed because you know a lot of people have already got the two shots but now that the boosters are coming out and the information is coming out and the adverse reactions are coming out we now have the opportunity again to make that decision so that the opportunity has not been lost. It's been slightly delayed, but now that the boosters are out in force, we can make that decision again for what is good for ourselves, for our community and for our nation. All right, great. Thanks, Rebecca. Thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, bye-bye. Have you got an inspiring story to tell? Register your business now for your chance to be featured on our Fair Go podcast. Ready to lend a helping hand? That's great. You can chip in through the website. Remember, 100% profit goes directly back into local small business. Together, we can rebuild this great Southland for ourselves and the next generation. Go to fairbusinessaustralia.com.au.